morning and welcome to Talking Books. I can't believe how quickly the past two weeks have flown. The Children of the Great War Memorial was unveiled to great acclaim. So do go along to Jubilee Gardens to take a look. And uh, you can pop into the community office or the post office, I believe, to buy a copy of the book, and po- which I have beside me here. They're still lovely. Um, copy of the book and postcards that accompany it. We, um, we've made a few of the local papers. But nothing compares to seeing the work that the children did, along with fabulous local artists Joe Dove and Sarah Fairfax. Um, nothing compares to seeing it in the flesh, so do go along, have a look at the story. It's, it really is a lovely piece of work. But today I'm welcoming back into the studio a guest who paid us a visit in the early days of Talking Books. I, can't, I couldn't work out how long ago it is, but it was definitely old studio and early on, wasn't it? Um, she came then to talk to us about her best-selling book, Broken Dreams and Bottom Lines. Um, and since then, a lot has changed for Daryl Pace, not least the fact that she now n- no longer uses that name. It's Is it Dennehy you pronounce your surname? Dennehy, yes. Dennehy. Sally Dennehy has emerged from behind the pseudonym with lots of new projects, which we'll talk about this morning. So welcome, Sally. Thank you for having me. It's oh, lovely to be it's here. nice to see you again. Um, so let's do first things first. Why did you decide to, to come out from behind Daryl Pace? Um... A number of things, really. I think when I chose to use a pseudonym, life was a bit different at the time and I was teaching full time and I very much wanted to keep my creative work separate so that I had the freedom to write what I wanted without people thinking, should teachers be using swear words? Should teachers Ooh, yes, be... Yes, we had that discussion, I remember. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and But it became really important to me to have that ownership for it to be in my name and to be connected. It felt... This was part of me, and um, and I, I no longer teach, uh, as we spoke about earlier, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in a minute. But um, yeah, so I don't teach full time, and uh, it, I, it just became something quite important mm. to move my life more towards that creativity and mm. to stamp ownership of it, really, and to yeah, say here I am, Sally Dennehy. It's quite good, isn't it? And I I know we have other authors on who use a different name almost for the different genre they write in because they can see themselves as a particular personality for a particular kind of work. Um, I've always wondered how people don't get a bit muddled up with that because it is a proper persona really, isn't it? Daryl had a persona that... Absolutely, it is a persona. It is definitely a persona. And I can understand why writers might do that. And I, I, you know, some of some of the writers I've studied or um, enjoyed reading in the past, I know very much keep their genres separate. Um, uh, But uh, for me, I just, I think I'm um, interested in lots of different things. So I don't see why my work can't be more of a variety of two. And so I think that for me, it's just going to work better this way. And I'm not very good at sustaining a persona. Like if someone said, hi, Daryl, I'm not sure I would have always responded the right way. So yes. it's quite nice to just be back being Sally again for yes. me. Yeah. yeah, no, and it's actually a great writer's name, I think, Sally Dennehy. I, I, I hope so. It's got a ring to it. When actually. I was a kid, I hated my name. I was like, it's so boring, Sally, you know, Aunt Sally with the rosy cheeks. But now I love my name. No, so. it's, a, it's, a, it's a great author's name. Um Yes, when we spoke to you last, you were still teaching, but 
you, you've moved on from teaching. Is there a, a was there a sort of like a, a a moment when you felt this is it? I've got to move on. Yeah, there was actually. Um, I'd sort of been a bit frustrated uh, for a while because I knew I was hungry for a new challenge but couldn't find one, and then I was offered a promotion and I turned it down. Um, and I was in agony about it at the time because it seemed a ridiculous thing to do. Uh, but it just wasn't right. There was, it just didn't, things didn't fit together and I just didn't feel inspired by it. Um, and I didn't, every other opportunity I was looking at in other schools, if there were any, I just wasn't inspired. And, um, and so I turned this job down and then I ended up having to have a sit with myself for a while and go, well, so what are you going to do? If you're not happy to keep pursuing uh, your career in school, how are you going to move things forward and have the career that you want it to be? Um, So I handed in my notice. Um, I've enrolled to study, so I'm pursuing further education. Um, And uh, and I'm writing and inventing and trying to pursue some uh, projects that have been on hold, really, Mm -hmm. for the last two or three years and see where where they might take me, performing poetry, doing a few different things, really enjoying that adventure. I think you've certainly got to be inspired to be a good teacher, haven't you? I mean, you've really got to love your subject because as a parent, I I could sense when a teacher was jaded um, and sense when a teacher was inspiring my children. Um, And the work that you've moved on to, in a sense, all these new projects, a lot of that is based around making sure children are engaged with reading and... Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I never lost the love of being in the classroom. I never lost the love of working with children. Um, and I'm still very much, in fact, probably more than ever, um, interested in offering a positive message and showing that if you want to make something happen, a bit of effort can make that happen. So it's not just about the projects, but about sharing good values. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's still very much part of everything that I do, really. Um but I, I, I think I just got frustrated with the politics and the regimented hierarchical system. And there's a lot of negativity in or around education at the moment. And I'm a big believer that if you want something different, you make something different. And I felt like I wasn't in the best place to facilitate that change mm. from where I was. I felt like I was just adding to the negative noise by moaning. Um, and I was like, well, actually... If you want something to change, you need to get out there and find a way of changing it. And Mm. this isn't the right place to be. So, yeah. Yeah, It's a shame, really. But I know that you're... The, the things that you're moving into, I want to find out a little bit more about this app you're hoping to develop as well. Because I know there may be some people out there who have resisted the temptation of smartphones and and tablets and things but apps are the way forward for a lot of different things so do you just want to explain a little bit about what you're wanting to achieve with it yeah absolutely I mean it'd be great if anyone listening um wants to get involved because um I need some to do some research to see where it's going to go um I can't tell you too much about the no, app yet because it's not not no, uh, that well protected pinching your eye yeah. ideas, do you? um but it is it's an education-based app Um, It is a tool for communication and connectivity um, and something that's really important in education at the moment, that connectivity between children and families and the school. Um, And so it's it's basically trying to make bring that kind of um, need into the 21st century in a way that we're all used to. Uh, behaving anyway so for people who do use tablets and smartphones 
it's very easy to check your email or to go on an app to find out some information. Not necessarily just, in Wibbleskum. Uh, no, I know <laughs> there's no the service. Is a bit it's quite rubbish. Quite um, bad there. I'm working on it. It's <laughs> <laughs> just going to sort it out for us. Um, but. But for lots of people, that's a very uh, easy and immediate way to get the information that you want, to feel safe that you can resolve a problem. Um, and and so, I, I, yeah, so it's an invention for that. So mm-hmm. basically, I want schools to say, yeah, we'd love to help you with research, whether it's answering questionnaire, uh, whether it's to test a beta version, whether mm-hmm. it's to ask parents to give a quick feedback or something like that. So just at this stage, it's really just to test out the idea so that when we build it um, into, we've got a very, very basic build. But if we, when we build the first mm-hmm. version, um, that it's being offered to, offered to schools in a way that would be um, usable in the first instance. Um, so, I mean, really if, if anybody listening to this programme would be interested in, in getting involved in some way, would you like to... I'd and love to, to hear touch. from them. Yeah, if they, uh, I don't know the easiest way, whether they contact you first and then you can pass them on to you me. You can always or... get me at uk. I, I think that's a nice, easy email. That is a nice To easy remember, email. I don't know about the 10 Radio one, is a, is the email for 10 Radio? Yeah, well, it's, quite, it's info at uh, 10radio.org. The 10 Radio being the number 10 radio.org. Um, but trouble is, we don't have volunteers here all the time. But uh, we do try to filter out the emails as best we can. Yeah, so we yeah. can pass information yeah. on to you. That would be lovely. I mean, it'd be great if people. I mean, then people can find me on Twitter, Sally Dennehay. Yeah. Um, my writer Facebook is open. I don't have the privacy settings on there, so people right. can find me on there, Sally Dennehay. Um, and um, my email address is sallydenhay at me.com or at icloud.com. So it's quite yeah, easy. Yeah, so it's easy to find yeah, you. So if they Google, they'll find me. And But it would be great to have people involved and schools in particular at this stage to to get that research. Uh, there will be no fee at this stage if they get involved and help me with the research. They'll have the project, the app mm. for free in the beginning anyway. Um, so it will be you know but they'll have the first chance to experiment yeah. and I'd love schools in Somerset to do that because I'm studying in London and people in London are very keen to get involved in digital product projects but I want the schools in Somerset mm. to benefit before schools in like London has so many advantages yes absolutely I really want it to be something that rural schools um can take advantage of first. I'd like it to happen here yeah, first. And it'd be particularly useful for rural schools as well. I yeah, think. which is what I'm, that's what I will be studying when mm. I'm at university. So I want to do my research and my dissertation, hopefully afterwards a PhD, if I'm fortunate enough, looking at uh, rural aspiration and uh, how that re- translates for career choices for young people and and possibly even grades, like looking at whether that the part of the reason people seem to not underachieved because our schools are amazing, but that relationship between having such amazing mm. young people, but there, there's not quite so much in Somerset for them to look well, forward to. Well, there's not a the university, really. No, there? exactly. We kind of need a, not getting political here, but that often keeps the talent in the county it instead does. of leaching it out elsewhere. It does, it's not just about keeping it, it's inspiring the young yeah. people as well. I think so many of our... Um, really capable young people don't believe university is a realistic opportunity Mm. so therefore they don't see the value maybe the same way um, as maybe more urban areas in Mm. education but um, that's something I want to investigate that's something I want to look at to see if we can um, it sounds fascinating but you're also aren't you also doing something that's 
actually focused on inspiring children to read particularly and to get interested in reading I am I've, I've shifted so the last time we spoke I'd written Broken Dreams and Bottom Lines which is mm. aimed at obviously women and mm-hmm. um, and it's a an adults comedy um, uh, not really aimed at uh, maybe sort of 16 17 year old girls might enjoy reading it but not really any younger than that no. um, and uh, but I've moved and I, I, I'm enjoying writing children's books at the moment. I've got one that's ready to send out and I've got a few more in draft form for this particular project. This project will be self-published, um, but it's it's an interactive reading project. So I would like schools or families to get involved with that, to read the stories before and help me edit them and shape them so they're a perfect project um, to go forward. But it is going to be interactive and the aim is to help young people to still feel passionate about reading and see that reading can be dynamic and fun too because mm. children tend to get to a certain age and they sort of switch off because it's no longer as fast-paced as other mm. entertainment. I know that people still come back to it when you get older again, but we, there's a point, I think, where young people maybe uh, lose that love a bit. And so it's aimed at increasing that and then thereby hopefully getting them to increase their uh, spelling and grammar and writing techniques and it's aimed yes. at helping their literacy as well so it will be of benefit to schools it's aimed entirely to help fit with those areas of the curriculum that have become really high value uh, but maybe drier to teach in the classroom um, and certainly so where what schools age are, is it is it sort of like early um, teens or? it's aimed really at the 10 to 12 13 age group so sort of year six to mm. year eight um, so that crossover, um, it will be um, differentiated. So it will be more appropriate to either end of that age group mm. uh, as and when necessary. But yeah, it's um, it's aimed at this stage at that age group. And hopefully mm. as it grows, we might be able to offer um, alternative versions for the older or the slightly younger reader. But well, so I love the title of this first book that you're hoping to get an agent for yeah. and take out there. Are you, you've, you've shared it with me. Can you yeah. share it with it? It's a lovely title. Um, Our Clouds Haunted too. Yes. Yes. Um, that was inspired on a flight home with a friend when I just started daydreaming and looking out the window. Um, it's Yeah, that's the one that's ready and it's um, I've just got to send it out. I've just got to sit down and put together that pack, package and send it out. Mm. Um, it's It's a political satire for young people. It looks at the relationship, but in the story, the little boy, the central character, um, his father is a weapons designer for the MOD. And it looks at the relationship between how he, this father can be so loving at home mm. and yet go to work and do something that can be so destructive. Yes. Um, but there's some magic and hot air balloons and all this adventure and the idea that maybe... Just, just thinking out, uh, as this boy becomes to realise what's going on and and the impact of his father's work, and mm. so it's a bit of it's it's got quite an important dilemma at the centre of it, but yes. it's quite fantastical and funny and warm at the same time. That sounds great, and it's a terrific title. So let, I love the title. Let's hope, yeah. yeah, let's hope that um, you get. Uh, I'm certain that you know that sort of title will stand out from whatever pile of manuscripts agents and publishers have on their desks yes that's it 
that's uh, that's the battle but i begin to wonder sometimes oh my god no i've i've seen some shelves and i've seen some email lists and Mm. yeah no the piles can be i think sometimes they just mass delete that's what i think yeah i think think there's quite a few really good books that have just gone in a mass delete yeah i think they just go actually this has got messy we'll get rid of that lot sometimes Mm. i think it must be impossible to keep up sometimes well i i think the way the publishing industry has changed in a lot of senses means that people are well you've got to get to grips with the sort of publisher that you're publishing with because there's a whole spectrum now from independent to van it's still those people who will publish and tell you it's wonderful even though you should have cut 30 percent of it yes. out you know t- charging you quite a lot to those who are genuinely um, interested in your work and making it the very best it can possibly be and yeah so I mean I've had such a range of authors on here saying well I've had a bit of you know they changed it all or something it is quite quite a task isn't it to make sure that you are with a publisher who can really do justice to yeah your work. it is I mean I I um had a really interesting conversation about Broken Dreams when I first uh, released that and it was with one of the very big agents and I was very excited that they bothered to speak back to me. Um, but you have the opposite dilemma as well, because they want the product to sell in mm. the market as it is. So they um, came back to me and said they were interested and they really liked it and they thought it was really funny. Uh, but they wanted me to make Liss, the central character, slim. Um, and they wanted it to have a more conventional happy ending um and in my replies like well that's not the point of the story you know you've, the, the point is that she's an everyday woman with everyday dilemmas and I don't want her to be too perfect she's not that kind of role model and the conversation dried up it just yes. disappeared so is you have got to balance between you know the glitzy named companies that make you feel like they're going to just sweep you away and it will mm. be a massive success and these more independent companies that maybe um, don't offer you the same kind of publishing integrity for some of them. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, the the recent film, The, the Girl on the Train, which yeah. has just come out, and they've got Emily Blunt as the lead. Now, when I read Girl on the Train, I don't know if anybody out there or whether you've read it. So I haven't. It was recommended to me yesterday, actually, by it's a, a friend. I really enjoyed it. I read yeah. it when it first came out, and... She's not Emily Blunt. (laughs) The lead character is not Emily Blunt, whether Emily Blunt is acting brilliantly or not. And so, you know, that there is that aspect of it that you have to expect. You do, yeah. And for me, the list was always Melissa McCarthy. Yes, we had that discussion. We did, yeah. Yeah, we did. And uh, in my head, that's that's who she is. She's Melissa McCarthy. And with the same kind of... um, awkward likability that she brings to it and I didn't want her to be more perfect that I wanted people to be able to identify with the real things that happen not aspire to something that's unachievable so um I mean it's it's a happy book and it's got a happy ending but it's Mm. not conventional it doesn't go walk the same path um and I think my work will still continue to be a bit like that I don't want it just to fit a formula that's been written already yes there's a there's there are some series that have become a bit formulaic haven't yeah they? and and even my children's writing I want it to uh, still use formulas that are recognizable like fairy tale formulas or mm. um, um, stories with morals 
but make make it more overt that the moral is in question. So does yeah. this story really achieve that aim? Do we learn from it? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I want I like to burst that open a little bit so you can think about it a bit more. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a series of books that are based on a formula that people enjoy because, I mean, that's what people read for relaxation. Absolutely, yeah. And if they read that for relaxation, then they don't particularly want to be surprised in the middle of it and find something totally unexpected has happened to one of their favourite characters. I think that's... That, that, that is a bit of a dilemma for a writer, isn't it? Is it yes. that, oh gosh, I could make this a fabulous series, but my characters will have to go through stuff that maybe I don't want to put them through. Well, that's the problem I've been having with the sequel that I've been writing for many years now, it feels like. Um, I have been under pressure from fans of the first book as well to get that sequel done. It was meant to be a trilogy. I, <laughs> I feel I've, I've lost faith that that will actually happen. But for me, the writing of that with with loving the characters, loving that formula, mm. I just I've got the draft of the sequel, but I feel like I've not been mean enough. I can't take characters that I love and put them through such an ordeal that there's a real story there. Mm. Um, and so for me at the moment, it's it just feels a bit empty. Like there's a lot of funny moments, um, but it just feels like it walks a very frivolous line and you don't really get a story with them. So mm. I have got ideas. Um, I have got a whole notepad full of things that I could could do. And mm-hmm. I realise some of the errors I've made. Um, but that's going to take a bit longer to come to mm. fruition, sadly. Um, it was so meant to be done like... 18 months ago it was it's ridiculous isn't it I've got two I've got two novels in draft and I can barely look at them (laughs) the moment has to be there doesn't it you have to really feel like you're ready to cut 30% out and yeah that's it and even scrap so much I can't Mm. I still can't delete I have to create archived folders and keep Mm. them there yeah I can't I can't get rid of it it's uh, like books that I buy. I just keep the, the houses filled with books and Absolutely. shoes. And I yeah, just can't shoes, get rid of them. Yeah, no, I can't use <laughs> the shoes so well, but the books all over the shop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And um, our Christmas tree last year was a book tree. Oh, wonderful. We built a tree out of books and then decorated it. That was quite quite lovely. Yeah. Um, we grew attached to that. It's, uh, it's a great idea. You can buy all sorts of things made from covers of books and books yeah. themselves and things now can't you yeah i think there is a recognition that books at last at last a recognition how important books are in our life i think we had to go through you are contributing to it obviously with apps and things but yeah you have to go through that digital revolution in reading yeah i think to re- understand how valuable it is to have something have a physical book yeah but i don't think i think the digital age is um i used to teach about this it's uh yes. what do we call it synergy um it's uh I you know I love reading on my Kindle or my f- yes, on my I phone because it makes my bag light I've got it with me all the time I can do everything in one place but I, if I really enjoy something I have a physical book as well mm. or you know I love go, re- if I've enjoyed a book I'll see the film like we were just talking about mm. with Emily Blunt and um yeah I I don't think it necessarily diminishes our love anymore mm. and I still and more than ever I still love trawling um junk sales and charity shops and finding little old treasures to add to my oh, collection oh yes it's a it's a it's a pastime in itself isn't it isn't it just beautiful hobby yeah, love it yeah. um well we're already we the the time has raced by and i've got um just one more question that i think 
Well, you sort of answered, but I'm, I'm sort of dropping this on you because we, over the next few weeks, we're having a couple of people, and we have in the summer had people who write works for children. Yeah. And as an ex-teacher, well, you're not an ex-teacher because you're actually still, you do some work with children anyway, so to call yeah. you an ex-teacher is not really fair, is it? Um, what do you think actually makes a great book to engage a child? I mean, especially a young... I, I, I found it harder with my son... Yeah. Um, to have something that would still grab them when there's all those Pokemon, PlayStation. Yeah, there's Xbox so much out there. I, I think that um, I think that synergy with the digital world is important. So I think books having games or toys or things to go with it, I think, is really mm-hmm. important. And then um, so it needs. To, uh, but I, for me, if you just look at the most popular books, they're still the children's books. They still are. You know, your Roald Dahls, your Harry Potters, your mm. Hungry Caterpillar. Your all these stories have mm. a warmth about them. And I mm. think if you can create that warmth, that central warmth, so mm. you can fall in love with the characters or fall in hate with them, whatever it is that's needed. Mm. I think that's that can then grow into other things. Um, and that's I hope what I can achieve at least with some of my writing, really. Um, yes. So yeah. So whether it's a short story, poetry, young book, or for older children, that yeah. I think that warmth, that really important, really important. I mean, the um, uh, broken dreams and bottom lines was warmed, wasn't it? Yeah. Because you couldn't have someone like Melissa McCarthy playing the part unless there was a real empathy and sympathy with that main character and the dilemmas they face so isn't that what we gain from reading though it's like an adventure without leaving your sofa yes so whether you travel somewhere you meet somebody different Mm -hmm. you have an experience that you learn from and I think it enriches your world without having to you know you can do it from the safety of your sofa with a blanket with a cup of tea and it's Mm. it's it's uh, a special experience and whether you're into science fiction murder mystery travel writing it really doesn't matter it is mm. that engagement on a human level with something that you you mm. feel has been of value to you um i'm reading a great book at the moment it's um the the lost story of the william and mary and it's about a shipwreck in the bahamas yeah. in victorian times it's it's a true story but jill hoffs who wrote it i read her first one she's coming on later in the year in december um, and she has made it into well, what could only be called a rattlingly good story. Yeah. I mean, it's you're with the characters, getting wet and cold, and thinking their you know their lives are ended. Yeah, it's a fantastic way of writing nonfiction. I I love it because sometimes nonfiction can be dry. Yeah. Um, and this is, I mean, I really would recommend it to people. It's a great rattling. It good sounds story. like something I'd, I'd love to read. Actually, mm. I'll have to Look grab it the up. title. Look up Jill Hoffs. She's Jill uh, Hoffs. she's she's making a she's making a series. I think of shipwreck books. She writes very well. Yeah. About that, you know, watery potential watery grave that we yeah. would all fear. I think it's fantastic. Anyway, you've chosen a track to end the show with, which is Absolutely. one of my favourites and what we all need to listen to on a regular basis. I, I think. think so. Would you just like bit. to introduce it? Well, I struggled to choose today. I needed some help, um, uh, mostly because I don't have favourite songs, but I asked for something cheerful and upbeat mm. um, and something positive. And so I was asked if I like Bob Marley, and I do. And the suggestion was Eddie three... Is end- Eddie is endlessly useful. He's awesome. He suggested <laughs> um, Three Little Birds, which just happens to be something that really makes me smile whenever mm. I listen to it. 
And no matter how stressed I am, you know, walking to work in the terrible weather, if it came onto my iPod, I, it would just put a smile on my face. So Three Little Birds, what a, what a great song. Oh, thank you so much for coming in, Sally. It's thank lovely. you for having Keep me. Keep us in touch with what you're doing. I will do. When all these things have taken off. And don't forget to get in touch if you think you can help. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, any schools out there, parents, Anything awesome. at all. Have a ch- happy to chat. And uh, uh, yes, yeah, so keep in touch and hopefully in a, you'll come back on again. For Thank you very time. much. Absolutely. Anytime. Morning 